You are listening to Let's Be Honest with your host, Just Jonda, and special guest, my podcast bestie and fellow lawyer, Missy. Hello and welcome to the show. I know that you guys are super excited and you can only imagine how excited Missy and I are. We are bursting at the seams, especially since circumstances conspired where we couldn't get on here for episode nine. So we've got episode nine and 10. Uh, Of course, there's lots to talk about with episode 10, but nine sets it up pretty well. So we're going to give you some of nine because I really do think that sets us up well. And then, I'm sorry, jump into 10, which gives us the wonderful background that we get into it. If you excuse me one second, I'm going to have to have my daughter grab me a cup of tea because I, it's, it's like, Is there somebody related to Jen Shah that doesn't want us to talk about this? I think so. I'm going to mute for like two seconds. I have such a sweet baby. She's going to make her mom some hot tea with honey because she knows I am dying to be on the air with you guys. And of course, I didn't want to restart the show. Missy is on her way. She's about to pop in at any second. We're not going to give you too much of our weekly Bravo gossip. We are going to do a separate episode on that because as we learned the last two times, there's always so much going on, especially right now. This just seems to be a hot time in Bravo land. Some We've got some folks wanting attention, some (coughs) not so much. We've got a lot of blasts from the past because of, I'm sorry, we've got a lot of blasts from the past because of the book. So that's just making everything super duper crazy. We've got Missy. Hey, Missy. Hello, how are you? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. Of course, we got to cheer you in. Hey, hey, hey. I was telling everyone that there is so much to jump into, especially since we're going to set up episode 10 with just a little of episode 9. It was sort of a nothing episode, but I do think that there were some nuggets that took us, there's some nuggets that once 10 came into play, you were like, okay, nine, I'm not gonna completely throw away. I mean, of course that last 10 minutes, we can't ever throw away um, with the Fed swooping in. But there were some other things that went on that um, again, put gave us something and makes us a little sad. I also told him that there is so much Bravo gossip we've been collecting over the past week, especially since we didn't go on last week, that there's no way we can get into all of that and Potomac and all of that. So it's it needs to be a separate episode and it's definitely going to be one. Usually we do that first. But tonight, all things real 
Housewives of Salt Lake City. When you've got two lawyers in the room, hello. This this episode like was tailor made for us. They were like, let's give Jonda and Missy an episode that's just for them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was like they read our minds and were like, okay, we know that th- we're going to do the, the Homeland Security thing, but then just, I mean, there, it was it was just so much. And then Meredith at, at the end, okay, I'm jumping ahead. Okay, forget. Okay. <laughs> well, once again, welcome, 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 uh, my podcast bestie and fellow lawyer, Missy. We are just jumping right in. So episode nine, again, we had some things that uh, at least the scenes with Jen Shah, it was like this foreshadowing, especially for stuff that was going to make us upset, which, and I think you already know what I'm talking about with uh, the upset part, because uh, we see her playing with her son, because we know that relationship was rocky. And so- And then putting that together with what happened later, because I I definitely have some thoughts on that, and I know you do as well. Um, so we see her playing with her son, and I guess that's supposed to give us a sense of the fact that they are trying to, um, you know, mend and build, and and because obviously things have been kind of rocky, and also in fairness there is things that go on in the teen years that um, may have, may have absolutely nothing to do with Jen per se, just things that kids go through. So then it doesn't help when your parents are going through things or you have a parent that is really going through some stuff. And, and, and this is pre um, indictment, but just going through like, of the personal stuff and your mom's wacky and, and embarrassing you in public and she's right. on the show. So everybody gets to see the wacky that everybody doesn't usually get to see other than the inner circle or family. So there's, there's a lot that goes on when it comes to that is on top of being a teenager. And then you, you add to the fact that, um, people always give like Sharif a pass, like he's a saint or whatever. But at the end of the day, you have a, you have, you're a grown ass man. You have kids at very um, critical ages and stages and you decided to go chase your football dreams. Like when those kids, because we know he's only been doing that, like, you know, within the past decade and then you're gone most of the time. So you know, I think there's people are so quick to give men passes because, you know, well, the mom's supposed to do everything anyway. Well, no, not not true. Not cool. And if you're we're supposed to be all buying into the fact that Jen is so this and so that, then why would you take a job that removes you from them for uh, extended periods of time. You waited 10, 15 years to go back to chasing your football dreams while you were uh, practicing law. You can wait another 10 until your kids are out of the house. I mean, you know, before we even get to that, I just think that for anyone to be on a show with a kid that's in high school. Absolutely. And and the other son in college. That's that's problematic too. Yeah, and then... I mean, and then to make things worse, 
you're a child of color in Salt Lake City of all places. It's exactly. Probably in an affluent neighborhood where there are not many of you. And yeah. a mother who is aware of because of course we Sharif hasn't we haven't really gotten much from Sharif in terms of him discussing his background like did he grow up in Salt Lake City? I I, right. I don't get the impression he did. Or did he settle in Utah because he went to school there, then he met the woman he was going to marry? You know, he didn't end up becoming the big pro football player to bring the big, you know, to be the hometown hero, bringing home a truckload of cash to his family where, from wherever he grew up. So the fact that he's Black and Muslim uh, tends to put me a, a little off of the fact that he's a Salt Lake City native. <laughs> I just don't get that. Well, so. well, here's the thing. They remember they had the cousin they introduced a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. who I'm guessing is Sharif's cousin um, uh, from LA, true. who was helping. Which from is LA. kind of more of the vibe, isn't that kind of more the vibe that you get from Sharif? Like, I definitely yeah. get a little bit more of a West Coast and an East Coast vibe from him, but. I, I don't necessarily get Utah native. I, and I can't even say what that looks like, but it doesn't necessarily, it, it does, Sharif doesn't scream that. So Sharif notwithstanding, Mary certainly uh, knows, not Mary, I'm sorry, um, but Mary does know, but um, Jen certainly knows uniquely uh, how it is to grow up as a, a person of color, maybe not to the degree of her kids, but because they're male, but she certainly knows about it and her family didn't have money. So a person of color without money in that area and she talks about it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I agree with you with all that. So we have that scene, another um, scene that I thought was very key with uh, Jen, especially given what the the nonsense she was spewing is when, and we know that this is just Bravo being shady because there's no way that in the initial cut of the hundreds of hours of footage they had that they were planning on putting a random scene of Jen and Stu going, I don't know, snowshoeing or whatever. And it, (laughs) And unfortunately for her, she just happens to talk about how hard she's working to take care of everybody's family, including his. That was total Bravo shade. Somebody in production remembering that scene and being like, oh, snap, in light of everything going on and us putting together this story, which is what they do with all that footage. However stupid and boring the fans may think this is, we've got to put this in. Because now, because once everything starts rolling, smart people are going to make those connections and be like, oh, y'all some shady mofos. Right, right. Especially since we know that uh, at least based on the way it looks, according to this letter in my hand, let me pull it, or actually it's a pleading. As of August 4th, 2021, uh, because there was a pretrial conference in Jen's case on August 10th. And by the way, everybody, this arrest happened in March. So the way that the cast is talking about it, 
they really don't know anything. Like, um, I, I thought it was very well done in terms of Bravo and production being able to pivot the way that they did in real time. Um, I, I thought that that was, they, they did a very good job under what had to be stressful circumstances because they're also doing all of that with the feds, you know, in the mix as well. Um, right. so how, so however shady, it was actually very well done in terms of them having to go from just driving to veil to sending a crew chasing after Jen, who may or may not have been going to a husband with internal bleeding. <laughs> because either way, I... it would have been a good story from a, you know what I mean? From a reality television standpoint, it still would have been a good story that for once you're getting some reality, whether that meant Sharif really was in the hospital with internal bleeding or well, she got pulled over by the side of the road and arrested. Either way, smart pivot by production and still keeping a crew um, on the ladies reacting because, I mean, that was just the best. And and the variance of reactions. Well, we'll get into that in a yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. But this August 4th letter. So on August 10th, Jen, uh, Jen and her new counsel actually... Um, met with the court just simple hearing it was a it was a status hearing and it was mainly because the court wanted her case continued having nothing to do with anything except for court administration i mean just the court was like at least at this point um you know no jen and Stu, at least at that point hadn't entered pleas things were set for trial this if it goes to trial it's kind of complicated lots of witnesses because there's many layers to the alleged scheme and with covid they knew that the court's calendar wasn't going to work in terms of having a potential trial that went on for a few weeks in october of this year um and of course jen's people would have probably asked for a continuance anyway, because at least at this point, since they are operating as um, under the you know assumption that they're going to trial, there are uh, they had already complained about like the hundreds and hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million documents that were flying their way because this is you know we're talking about a scheme that allegedly went back to 2012 in addition to all the documents related to the investigation so anyway in response to receiving a notice of that meeting stewart's attorney d gilbert uh let's see I'll say my uh, copy isn't that great. Um, he wrote a letter to the judge saying, I represent Stuart Smith in the above reference case. In response to the court order of August 3rd, 2021, setting a pretrial conference on August 10th, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, at 2 p.m. to establish the new date for trial, which we know now is in the next spring. I hereby, and this is important, folks, I hereby represent to your honor that Mr. Smith is working diligently towards a resolution of his case. I am confident his case will be resolved without the necessity of a trial, and I hereby request that we be excused from the August 10th hearing. In other words, we don't need to come and change the court date because we don't plan on having a trial like that chick over there. Now, Fellow counsel, in layman's terms, what did Stewart's attorney 
just say to the court. Missy, you there? Did I make a mistake and hit the mute button? I see you talking, but it's not coming through. Did you mute yourself? Okay, there you go. No, okay, okay. I don't know what happened. Um, what it's saying is that Stuart is talking. He's snitching. And um, he's going to basically tell it all. Um, exactly. And, you know, be a state's witness, basically. So exactly. There's that. There's that. I mean, that's the only <laughs> Along thing Along with be. all the other folks we're going to talk about later on who have, uh, even if they aren't directly snitching on Jen, they have certainly positioned themselves where it's fairly obvious that somebody told on somebody. And when it just so happens that the entry of your plea and or sentencing is in February, and indictments against the last two major players in the scheme are unsealed in March and the feds come in, what does that kind of tell you about the folks who entered their pleas and or were sentenced in February? It it means they had good stuff. Not <laughs> <laughs> everybody, that's what that means. Indictments that had been sealed in place, but sealed since November of 2019. Real yeah. interesting. Yeah, so, they had good stuff. They had good stuff. For sure. It. Or they had the stuff. The stuff that was the, now we can unseal the indictment and really break down what their role in this scheme was. Because, of course, when you look at the original sealed indictment, it's very broad. Like, you know, she participated in this telemarketing scheme. It is very broad, which is why, of course, her attorney brought a motion, understandably, saying, which, I mean, that's just basic defense attorney work, saying, you know, this you haven't charged her with anything that she can even understand. What is she charged with? What are you even accusing her of? And, you know, and the feds were like, uh-uh-uh. That we right. did as a broad indictment, which is why it was sealed. In November of 2019, when we also indicted her other set of co-defendants who did move mm -hmm. forward with their cases at the time. But let's not hang our hats, shall we, on a two-year-old indictment. In the span of those two years, now we have gotten the rest of the information we need to put the rest of the puzzles together. So here you go with more specifics about what your girlfriend really did do. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. So, <laughs> all right. So that's Jen and Stu. So now you see why this Stu thing is real interesting, especially from a Bravo Shade standpoint. Yes, he was arrested with you, but <laughs> girl, that's about all he's doing with you about right about now. So yeah. we also had Mary have the offensive Italian party. <laughs> I'm not even Italian. And I was like, is, is, there, a, a, is there an Italian anti-defamation league? I could have sworn there was because they get upset and, and, and lodge some kind of complaint every time there's a new mafia movie that comes out. So where they at with Mary <laughs> walking around with a fake Italian accent and Jen riding a scooter with a flag on her back? Can we just say that the thing about Mary that bothers me the most, right, is that 
she professes to have all of this money and know all of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But time well, after time... we know time, that we can fill books with what she doesn't know, but go ahead. Time after time, like, I'm willing to put $100 down and I'm cheap. She has <laughs> never left this country. I would She's not never left the United States because why does she think that, like, you know, come... You have to give me your Italian name. What? Like, what are you talking to about? I believe that Mary is the type of person who would, it not only has not left the country, but is probably afraid to fly long distance, the long distances it would take to go out of the country. I'd be probably. shocked if Mary has been to Jamaica. Probably. And then I'm mad that they... They were doing all of that cutting or whatever just to make some spaghetti. Just and meat to sauce. spaghetti. I mean, and that is like, do you really need a chef to come show you how to make spaghetti and meat sauce? Do you really need that? Like, I, you know, they didn't really use their dough for that spaghetti. They didn't I, I do don't, all that. I don't know what they used the dough for. I mean, it, they, they would have been in the trash, girl. <laughs> they would have been better off. And first of all, you in, you're in the midst of COVID playing with dough. I'm not eating something that uh, you know one of these kooks have touched. It came in not wearing mask and all kinds of stuff. I'm not messing with y'all. Yeah, it's just, I'm sure there's some anti-maskers in that group. And anti-vaxxers. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I know I could pick them out. But, uh, so, uh-huh. <laughs> but I we know who so, the MAGA people are. Yeah, I was just, I was just so like, what, what are these ladies doing? And then for Whitney, okay, so Whitney, like, why do you care what Mary thinks? Like, I was just like, you know. Why is this conversation even going on? Well, then Whitney's going to go off to the side. See, if Mary hadn't come after her, whatever information that she had would have just been wherever it is. Well, I also think with the Whitney, with the Whitney thing, Mary in her own way, we have to remember two things with Mary. One, Mary has zero respect for any of these women. She may have, by virtue of the fact that they have apparently developed some kind of relationship, allegedly, she may have some modicum, I mean, and I mean, I'm talking real small, of like for Meredith. Still know about respect per se, because I don't get the impression she respects any of them. But I think she kind of at least likes Meredith and, and and that's probably only based on the fact that they all pretty much generally view Meredith as being on some level. And because Mary views herself on being on some other level, I think that she she can get with Meredith in terms of like being cool with her because she sees herself wherever that place is that all the rest of them sees her. Like she doesn't look up to Meredith the way the rest of them do. I think she sees her and Meredith as equals, which is why right. I think she's good with her since they've allegedly got to know one another. And, and I mean, if they say they have, they have, 
But the rest of them, Meredith, I mean, Mary has no respect for. And I say that as um, in, in relation to our discussion about Whitney is because I think when it comes to Whitney, it goes one step further because not only does Mary not have respect for her, along with the rest of them, Whitney is also younger. So I think that Mary, like some of the others, feel like they can sun her. And so that whole, like, she didn't call me back and all of that kind of stuff. I think that's Mary just feeling like she can son Whitney because, you know, because they've all sort of done it in their own ways. I mean, we know Lisa's been doing it since season one, episode one. Um, has been doing that to her. Um, And and that's what I like. And we'll see later with um, Whitney flipping the script and actually pissing off the likes of Lisa in particular, showing her, yeah, I've got this little voice and whatever, but don't let this little um, dumb blonde act that gets me in, that gets me entree into places that you can't get into fool you. I'm educated. I also work. I worked alongside my husband and underneath my husband and now I'm back with him. Like she's no dummy. The stuff that she was saying was 100% accurate and not even from a fraudulent standpoint, the knowledge that Whitney was breaking them off with was actually like legit stuff that goes on in business that goes on in businesses is in, uh, especially like in the age of e-commerce is just right. that there are ways that those things are oft are also abused, which is what Mary did. And I just think Lisa was hating on the fact that Whitney was able to intelligently break that down just from reading half of a news article when she's sitting there hoping to get all the attention because, you know, she's fake crying. But, you know, again, we'll get but to that. You, but you know what? I don't think Whitney was completely surprised and she kept smiling. So mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, I'm I don't sure. think she was completely surprised. Um, but I, I think uh, I think that well, we'll let's let's get to that, because there's a lot of nuances with several of their reactions where honestly, I feel like the only true reactions were that that really felt genuine. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to say it now, but there were three reactions kind of four that I felt were actually genuine, but three for sure. Um, Okay, so this dinner, yeah, really, I mean, there wasn't much to it except for the fact that I felt like it was a bit offensive. And maybe that's just, it's, I don't give people a pass on being offensive just because they're ignorant. Mary's ignorant, Um, but that doesn't give it a pass. It was, it was just ridiculous. I apologize for that throat clearing everyone. I have a severe case of misophonia, so I hate mouth and vocal ticks and sounds or whatever. So I try not to do it because if anybody's like me, it drives you crazy. So (laughs) anywho, um, so is there anything else of note? I mean, we know that there was some conversation about Mary's church, but, um, I don't think they got as deep with it as we thought they were going to. No. Yeah. We we haven't gotten to the bottom of that yet. Not yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Oh, for sure. It's coming. <clears throat> Excuse me. So anyway, next, what else do we get from that? I mean, episode nine was like I said, some good setups, but 
nothing really much. So let's get to where we really want to go. The arrest. So we see the ladies getting ready for their trip. And we finally get an opportunity to see who was really there. Because that's been the speculation. Who was there? Who wasn't? We knew that the blondes were there because there, there always seemed to be two blondes in the picture. So, of course, obviously, Heather and Whitney, we always knew that they were leaving from Heather's place. And actually, even the day this went down, Jen had posted pictures of her in glam on Instagram because she had just gotten her hair braided. And I know people give her a lot of issues about, you know, about the box braids, especially in light of the fact that she got arrested and all that stuff. I'm sorry. I thought her box braids were cute. Given that she has like, you know, kind of naturally thick hair, she didn't have that look that others sometimes get. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when they braid to cornrows where their parts are bigger and thicker than the actual braids. Step outside of the fact that you think that that Jen Shaw is problematic and, you know, and, and some of the things that she like when she puts herself in the position of black women and whatever. Uh, outside of that, especially compared to a lot of others, when they get when they do that. I thought her hair was bomb. Like I thought her parts were on point. Whoever did her hair did a great job on it. It's just but that you know what happened to get arrested that day. <laughs> Braids were are not the obvious choice though for a ski trip. Like maybe a beach trip, but for a ski trip, I don't know. But well, I don't know why. if it was necessarily about the ski trip. I think it was just you know this is the cute hairdo I'm doing. Because yes, obviously she thought she was going skiing. She didn't think she was going to jail. So kind of fortuitous. Yeah. <laughs> it would have worked out even better if they had kept her a few days. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Not that I'm wishing she had stayed in jail for a few days, but I'm saying the fact that she had braids, at least you wouldn't have had to do your hair. <laughs> I mean, I, it was just not the obvious choice for a If she had trip. stayed overnight, <laughs> the braids would have worked. I also don't <laughs> know why she lied about her husband. Why don't you just say something came up? I have well, to go. And it was I'll let you know a, later. And it was such a bad lie because what she said was, uh, you know what? I think it was one of those moments. And that to me is what let you, what, what, I mean, we know it was real for obvious reasons. I mean, we saw the arrest and whatever, but just in case for any inkling, you know, those folks who are suspicious of everything. If there is one second where it seeped into your mind, maybe this is fake, go to the lie that she used because I it, it was so ridiculous. It was so out, it, it, and I think what and it desperate. was- it was it was desperate, but I think another piece of it, another piece of that, and, and go with me on this is it was, you know, when someone tells you something, think about the fact that, okay, someone's telling her something really serious. And of course, you know, she got to come up with something like on the spot. So somebody's telling her something really serious. So she wants to give a lie that is also really serious because this, remember, this also might result in her not returning. And so she, you know, so she tried to tell a lie that met the seriousness of the situation, but it was, it, which, but it was a lie that would make 
people actually want to anybody who cared with about you it would make them want to go with you and be involved in the situation like for instance it, it, it from everything we've seen everybody loves Sharif Sharif is like Sharif Sharif is like the Greg Leaks of this show in terms of how everybody feels about him right women want him the men want to be him so the husbands would be concerned the 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 wives would be concerned at least heather for sure was like should we even leave i mean sharif is he's in the hospital what the hell and and because let's face it heather like for better or for worse she loves jen's dirty draw so at the end of the day heather in particular you know lisa on the fake but heather in particular would be like I'm not leaving if my bestie or whatever the hell she is this week has a husband with internal bleeding. Like she told a lie that would actually make the people want to go with her instead of going alone. Even the Bravo cameras, like I, like I said earlier, they would, you know, and, and the producer was right. If your husband has internal bleeding, like let's say the Bravo people hadn't gotten a call from the folks that were at the house, like, hey, uh, we were here doing some pickup shots and uh, the feds came in because we know there was at least one Bravo person there because we saw them. Right, so right. let's say the producers on site who were doing the main, uh, well, there were two production teams, obviously, but the production team that was on site doing the car ride um, hadn't heard from the people at the house. And so at that point, when you have a cast member like, I got to go, my husband has internal bleeding, you're as, as a smart producer, you're going to be like, look, even if we don't have another van, somebody better freaking break into a car in this parking lot and follow her because whether she's lying or telling the truth, we're about to get something good. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah, Sharif yeah. And this is a housewife show. We still want to get that footage of this distraught housewife running in to see one of the most liked husbands on in the franchise. One of probably one of the few only liked husbands in the franchise to make sure he's OK, because even as a fan, we would be invested in Sharif's health and well-being. So it was just And that's ridiculous. what made it that's what made it such a bad lie. Yeah, just horrible. Like girl, you told a lie that would literally make all of us be more interested in going with you than watching whatever BS footage they get of these heifers on the van either fighting at best or swinging on a pole at worst. Like if we've had one housewives van ride we've had them all and even in this season we've already had a party bus ride with with this crew wasn't it just two freaking episodes ago yeah yeah they're always going someplace in a communal yeah. car now, it granted, never works out exactly now granted this was the scene that was important if we're going to have the cast together but at any rate stupid lie she leaves so let's let's go there let's break it down so they show up we know that someone went to the house. Now, I mean, we know that the feds went to the house. The footage was obviously from uh, the, what do you call it? From the ring 
which of course the owners of the house, because people were asking this, I saw this a lot um, online, on YouTube, on um, on Twitter, like, you know, what the feds have given Bravo the footage? Of course not. It's, it's the ring thing. It looks like everybody else's yeah. ring thing. And the owner of the house would have access to it because it goes to the cloud. So, you know, I'm sure that the feds have it as well, just, you know, just on GP. But yeah, I mean, he would just send a copy of it to Bravo and I'm sure got a nice check to it. Because remember, as with everything with these folks, it's a rental. Um, I, yeah, was... I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. What is the angle with Homeland Security? Isn't she oh. like a naturalized citizen? No, the angle with Homeland Security um, is is the money laundering piece. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, but I do know it, it. That's, I mean, and again, I'm just going based on what I could pick up, and and you know, by the way, I've said to the audience before, I have read the pleadings and everything, and even when I read the DOJ pleading, according, this was a coordinated effort between. So it doesn't have anything to do with, with anything to do with her citizenship. I don't think that's, that has anything to do with it. The investigation was a coordinated effort between the FBI, NYPD, because of the fact that um, uh, some of the sales floors were literally in Manhattan. So that's, of course, how they um, ended up choosing Southern District of New York as a venue and um and homeland security because i thought that was a little odd too but when you pull up the department of justice you know how they do the department of justice notice um right. it specifically says that it was a coordinated operation from them and when i read the actual um pleadings and complaint and everything uh, that language is consistent so the only thing that i could figure is it is probably um, because of the money laundering, especially since there seems to be at least um, what I gathered from uh, the more, um, you know, the more extended indictment that really breaks down what it is that she allegedly did as it relates specifically to the money laundering and the telemarketing fraud, that there seems to be some questions about some of the accounts and where the money is and all of that. And I, I would say that basically in a post 9-11 world, if there are questions, and, and you could probably speak to this even better than me, if there are questions, especially as it relates to foreign banking, damn near anybody can get wrapped up in that, whether it's the Internal Revenue Service, right. Homeland Security, whatever. So that is at least based on the information that has been made available to the public, that's what it appears to be. If it's something deeper than that, then clearly, you know, I mean, it may come out if there's an actual trial on this, but just in, you know, basic pleadings and stuff, they probably will speak in very broad terms about that. And and what do you think? Am I kind of on the right track with that? I, I think so. It was just a very aggressive showing. Oh, it was definitely a very aggressive showing considering what they were charged with. And and that lends it. Now, that part alone, and I'm I'm glad you said that because I I didn't, I forgot to put that in my notes. Um, That's why both of us are here and we're both fabulous. That, (laughs) that, um, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think that that is what lends itself to this notion of 
somebody like whether it's somebody from the cast or even someone who was put um because we know folks get put into your circle like put in you know some folks that happen to be cosmetologists and agents <laughs> could end up in your glam squad you know things like that those things absolutely happen um, right. and, and more often than people think, um, and not just the glam squad. I don't want everybody like look staring down their glam squads, but I just mean in your immediate circle. Um, I think that such an aggressive showing, because remember there's a helicopter too. That, right. yeah. Helicopter. There, there was... like, and remember when he was, uh, when they showed the officer on the porch, like he freaking cocked that gun. He didn't keep it at his side. Like he did the full blown gun in the air, cocked and ready to move. Yes, this is exactly, you know, what I'm saying. Like even Steve Bannon, right? Okay. They didn't have half and Lord of knows whatever this could happen when they went to pick him up. Because who knows what he's no, got they going on. They didn't even went to go pick him up. A lot of times in this white collar crime. Exactly. Stuff. And this is they very much you, considered they, white collar. Yes, they tell the person, you know, we're indicting you. They give the person an opportunity to turn themselves in. And like, look at what? how loose they were with her once the initial arrest. You know, like she hasn't been back to jail since. You know, she's been able to do her hearings on on um you know, tele hearings. She's been able to do whatever she needs to do in order to do her job with Bravo. But that that initial takedown was a lot. Like, you know, it was a lot. And I don't know what that's about, but it was a lot. Well, I, I, I'm glad that you brought it up because, again, it's interesting because I have been consistent since the beginning in saying I don't believe that this was some kind of setup by and, and I'm talking about setup by cast members and what have you. Because knowing what we know about the case, there's really no reason for anybody uh, to set, you know, in, involved it like her castmates or anybody like that. There's really right. no reason for any of them to actually set her up because we all, we know that the government had already been building their case. We know that this happened within a month of other key individuals pleading guilty and or um, being sentenced. So the timing is consistent with what the government legitimately knew about the case through their investigation that had been ongoing for well over four years in terms of the scheme as a whole, as well as other individuals who would have been a more direct link to her than the initial people arrested in 2017, right. taking pleas and being sentenced in February. So the timing is consistent with the government having whatever they felt they needed to just go ahead and unseal the indictment and arrest her and Stewart. And so to me, the fact that, you know, they did it in March versus the end of February, whatever, was just a matter of the fact that there was agencies, there was multiple agencies coordinating on this and 
you don't rush and break your neck to just go and pick folks up if you don't feel that they're really a threat. Because the reality of it is, is that, yes, they did the indictment in 2019 and sealed it and used, you know, kept going on with their investigation and co-workers. But if they really thought that she was a threat, they would have they could have just picked her up in 2019 with the rest of uh, her co-defendants and just worked the case that way. The indictment was, you know, the indictment was there. It was just sealed. Well, there was a reason why they were aggressive. We, we may never know, but like they don't just do that. Well, like they don't. Rogue and I, telemarketers, no. And no, and I and and the point I was getting to, and, and sorry, it took me a bit to get there. Are you guys know me? Um, <laughs> is that I think that it, despite the fact that up until this point, I have been steadfast and be like, don't believe the hype about you know this one dropping dimes and that one dropping dimes. That aggressive, because it was aggressive, let's call it what it is, that aggressive takedown lends itself to the possibility that there may, and I'm not saying it was one of her castmates, but there may have been someone local somewhere on the ground that led them to believe that there were dangerous individuals in or around her that could Mm -hmm. make an arrest problematic or that there was going to be some resistance or that if she was given the opportunity that she was going to run whether it was something that they learned in that that last couple of really intense negotiations with that last couple of people that pled or something that they learned, which I think is more likely, and in, in I think you'll agree too, from somebody close to the situation, even if just there in the town, that said, no, there's some crazy up there in them, their heels, and maybe y'all shouldn't just go and knock on the door. Right. There, there's there's right. definitely something else. And, and that the the way that she was taken down con taken down kind of stokes those suspicions now it being her castmates i still don't necessarily buy that despite their every some people's rather interesting reactions because these women would know enough because they're not uneducated, they're not ill-informed, they also, all of them have families and and things to lose. These women, and also, let's face it, some of them, you know, whiter than white, they are not trying to get involved in any mess that's going to have them in federal court. And when you start snitching on folks who have cases that are going to federal court, then your butt is going right behind them as a witness and everything else. And right. you know, and it opens you up to all kinds of scrutiny by the people defending her. And it could potentially F up your reputation, not to mention just your other friends looking at you like, okay, she was a criminal, but we still ain't down with having a snitch in our midst. So it just it just doesn't sit well the in my mind the idea that it was one of her castmates that um set at least that situation into motion 
But again, as you said, with that level of firepower and activity, it there may be somebody in Salt Lake City that contributed to the way it went down. And, and um, yeah. I, I think that that suspicion is absolutely legit in light of what we saw, because I don't think in all of the information that we were given, yes, we knew that a bunch of, you know, I think they, they had always told us that they swarmed the vehicle, um, the van, because we saw like some little snippets of that. And of course we know that they swarmed Jen because at that point they were treating her situation as a potential um, attempt at escaping. And right. so, I mean, they basically ran her down. Um, what what Whitney said about the pinging her phone, whatever, I think we all, it, it, you know, that was, that was certainly obvious and, and accurate. Um, but I don't believe in all the things that we've read and watched, and you and I have talked about this a lot, when, you know, I've reported on it on the FNDD. I've even talked about it on several episodes here. I don't believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think any of us were uh, had heard anything about guns and all of that at the house. I think that that was probably one of the most shocking things for everybody across the board last night. Yeah, it was shocking to me, especially yeah. it looked like. But I mean, in terms gone. of us not even knowing, like we knew they went to the house. So I mean, the house is the first place they go. Yeah, but, but there's uh, but one thing to go and to all the, of that. Yeah, right. There's one thing to go to the house, and it's another thing to go to the house I, I, with a freaking SWAT two, team and helicopters. Yeah, and they had two young boys with their. And heads. there they is the next heads. piece. If I recall correctly, her son is fourteen. And that other that other boy looked like he may have even been he may have been even smaller. Now, granted, he may have been fourteen because you know just look at uh you know just look at your son and my son and yours is is older in terms. Right, I mean, mine is right. older in terms of what their sizes have always looked like, and and I've been my son is like three years older than yours. But right, anyway, right. so they both may have been fourteen, but we know for sure that those were straight up babies. And my issue with that is, even if that is how the situation went, and you and I know, given what we do and what we've seen and all of that, that that unfortunately is a fairly, now again, I'm going to say fairly accurate representation because we know less let's, let's keep it a buck. Doesn't happen like that for everybody, even if the SWAT nope. team does show up. Yeah, yeah. So I will say I'm going to qualify this statement and say that is a fairly accurate representation of what happens when the when uh, that level of firepower shows up and the occupants look like those children. Right. And right. you it all was, take uh, with that, that from what you take with sad. that from what you will. Now we now in saying that we know that them having to come out and you know, hands up to make sure they wasn't a they weren't a danger is a fairly accurate representation of what happens to certain people when SWAT and all that stuff shows up to your house. All that being said, because we accept that that is how it works, and we know that it did not have to be shown. I was good with Bravo showing everything else. Show us the show them that mm -hmm. us at the house because again, we're in it for the ride. And this was way more than any of us had 
thought happened with seeing the firepower, the helicopters, all of that. They did not have to show those boys being brought out because those boys are um, in high school or barely in high school, especially with the yeah, smaller one. And they are innocent. They also have friends. There is forever imagery. There already was, unfortunately, with this guy and his, you know, thing. But now that someone can just look at on television for eternity um, of these boys, innocent boys walking out um, like that. And I tell you what, if that boy's relationship with his mother was already shaky, it is freaking done. I can't even yeah. imagine even as a mother, like as much as, you know, I do believe that she's going to jail and whatever. Um, and given what she's accused of doing, if it's true, which I think it is. Um, but, you know, that's my opinion. Um, if, if she did what they said she did, then, you know, you get what you get. And, and it's already sad that their children would be away from their mother and all of that being said. But damn it. I am angry. I am I am angry for him with her that this yeah. became his life in this moment. Yeah. And and that is that is horrific. Um and and, it, and and again, like to be lived over and over and over again, and that makes it worse because he can't get away from it. Even when he says, Okay, you know, I'm gonna put this away, I gotta forgive my mom because I mean she's the only mom I have. Oh yeah, there's a picture of me being walked. No. It's done. Um, so, you know, prayers up for them because of that. And, and you know, prayers up for her. She's a mom. And yeah. whatever she may or may not have done, that's her baby. And it and it, it, if she's like any other mom, she loves her baby. And however you may feel about Jen Shaw, if she, we, I, I, we know she loves her children. And I can't imagine how much that had to break her heart for her to see that and to mm -hmm. feel like she was the reason for it. So trust and believe however much she may be punished for other things. That is something that I like, I don't know how you could ever forgive yourself for that. Um, yeah. So the ladies now to the meat of it all with these heifers. The ladies are in the van and they are they are talking at this point, like initially they don't know anything. You know, that's where we kind of pick up from episode nine rolling into episode 10. I mean, you know, the this showing of uh, Jen tells her a little excuse, she gets off the bus, they're doing what they do, like, should we, shouldn't we, whatever, and the producer is probably like, you know what, I'm producing this trip, we getting the hell out of here. So, because that's when Bravo gets their best shows, when the ladies go on trips, because they are stuck in the houses or wherever they go, captive audience with each other, so that's when they fight. It always happens. And they're so, isolated with this news. Yeah. yeah I, so, but, yeah. but even before the news, like, remember when they're like, should we stay? Should we go? Because again, at that point, remember, they're like, all they know is this incredibly stupid lie she told them. So then right. she, the lady's like, no, we're going. Okay, fine. Then before they can even finish wrapping their minds around that, SWAT shows up. Or, you know, we keep saying SWAT, but I mean, that's what they freaking look like. So, you know, Homeland Security, all of them show up. And Heather 
uh, people were like, you know, Heather pulled a Karen. You know what? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. You got to remember, this is her place of business. Right. So she's getting out. So, yes, there was a little bit of Karen. But at the same time, I'm not going to put full-blown Karen on my girl, Heather. That was what we call self-preservation right then and there. Because that van was parked right in front of her business. And then since they were looking for Jen and they're coming to the production van, then it looks, it would look like to anybody's naked eye that all of this activity has something to do with her business. So absolutely, I'm getting out to, you call me whatever you want to call me. Um, may I help you? What's going right. on? And um, now on the flip side, if something does go down, you also don't want Heather involved because she gonna tell her she gonna tell it all. She yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah. yeah. But at the same time, you know, yes, she did the wide-eyed, I'm gonna try and get some mileage out of the, you know, I'm the confused woman thing or whatever. But don't get it twisted. Yes, you're doing that because you're dealing with authorities and you don't want them tossing you on the ground. But this is also her place of business. So don't get it twisted. This woman has a multi-million dollar business to run and she's got all this going on in her parking lot. In Hell yeah, it. she's getting out to figure out what's going on. And in the yeah. meantime, if there's anybody that she can, you know, to give them any information to move them along to get away from her business, yeah, she's going to do that too. I'm not entirely mad at it. So. No, I'm not either. And I have to say that I thought we were talking about reactions. I didn't find many of the reactions genuine, but I thought Heather's reaction was. She was one of my three. I felt that her reaction in light of the fact that however we may feel that she should have, why is she still friends with Jen and whatever? However we may feel about that, that's up to her to decide. And she has decided that she loves Jen to death and, you know, she's going to be there for her. Well, not anymore, but at least up until that point, she was willing to put up with any abuse that came her way as long as that woman was her friend. And because we know that that is how she felt about her. I think that her upset and concern as her friend, as well as because she is close to her for her family. Um, I think that uh, it was a full on emotional thing, not just about Jen, but obviously she cares about her family as well. So I could see her being thrown off. And then you also have to remember that in some small ways, all of them, especially as they begin to talk, had some questions so you so part of that reaction too is damn i did kind of think something wasn't right so based on what's going down i don't know much but it's kind of confirming what i knew in my gut which like makes you even more upset because you're sad but you also feel like my girl is going down. <laughs> this shit is probably yeah, true. Yeah, but you know, like when Whitney did her rundown, I mean, Whitney just didn't sit right with me. She did her whole rundown like she's been counting this woman's money since the beginning. But I think they all have, though. 
I, that's the thing. I think that what we don't see, hi, Bobby, welcome back. I think that what we don't see is the same thing that you and I do, or you do with your close friends, or I do with my close friends when it comes to is somebody, especially a, somebody we know mutually, whether it's a friend or hopefully it's not, or, you know, or an associate right. that we're all acquainted with we're all talking about stuff. I think it just depends on who you're close to, right? So like Whitney and Heather probably have talked about some stuff, but of course they're not as close to Lisa as they are to each other. So obviously they haven't shared their concerns with say Lisa or Meredith, where Meredith has obviously been walking around with freaking grenades in her pocket that she wasn't telling nobody. Well, it's just it's just weird because I have some friends who have real deal Holyfield money, right? Mm-hmm. And they they do stuff or I've been around them and witness stuff where I'm like, oh, I know this is a lot. But like I'm not like, you know, with a calculator in my head adding it up. But I don't think Whereas it's a matter- it seemed like Whitney was. Like, but you see- know, she's time and place. It must have costed this much and this and they had this but you have to remember bills. these places are big but small. So they're not the only ones talking. Other people are talking. And then remember too, again with these places being big but small, they know who the real players and money makers are in their area. It's because, you know, while Heather literally married into it, Whitney is still connected to it in an ancillary way. And there is a, a community of, um, especially, you know, Mormon women, but women in Utah who are extremely wealthy. They're, they like have a whole thing going on on Instagram. And okay. it's like opulent times 100. But the point is, in a community like that, that's big but small, especially the community of people with real money, they know that Jen is living like some, you know, like, like they do or not even like they do, like affording things that, you know, some of them, well, maybe not Heather, but she just doesn't dress on that level. Although I see she is a little more this season. Um, so they know who the real money makers are and the money makers know who the real money makers are. And what they all know is that Jen is not one of them yet. Right. She's, she's living and yet she's doing all this and she's wearing all this and, and what have you. And even from the stuff that um, Meredith said shows that the talk extends beyond them because purse thing notwithstanding, although that was wild. Remember what that Meredith, was wild. Remember what Meredith said about having a friend at Louis Vuitton who peeped her to the whole thing with uh, with her being <laughs> red flag because of the because of the cash thing. Again, that shows that folks are talking. Because another merchant, because Meredith does legit have a store there on the street. A friend of mine is in Salt Lake City now, actually. I think she might be coming back 
Tomorrow Hytrek. Um, and uh, she's been, she took pictures of Meredith's uh, store. Um, okay. and, uh, yeah, and, and sent me a picture. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's really cute. Um, it's kind of plain, but I think it's in keeping with the whole block, you know, the whole snow motif. But anyway, um, so she legit like has a real like storefront, like downtown where all the shops are, whatever. So yeah, folks are talking. So I don't know if it's a matter of counting her money or if it's like in that moment because of what was going on, all the stuff that everybody's been talking about, like all comes up at one time. Because that's kind of what happened at the table. It's just that Meredith blew their socks off with the theft and stuff. Right, right. Um, that was yeah, a hot mess. That was a mess. So, okay, so we have Lisa with the alleged six lawyers. I don't buy that crap. And, you know, Bravo just buying into it. Lawyer number one, <laughs> lawyer number two, whatever. Like, girl, what you into that you all would have six lawyers on retainer? Why don't you right. just say you have a bunch of friends who are attorneys and so you called you called one or two, then John called three or four, and then you all were probably on three-way. You know those lawyers were not calling her back one behind the other. That was John calling her with their lawyer friends on three-way. I mean, it's it just, just trying to do too much. And then that initial call to John with the fake crying, like, what are you even doing? Like, John, she called and she said, Sharif. Yeah, she, she always cries but there's oh. never a tear there's and never just the, a tear she has the broken voice thing down and then she puts the shades on because of course you gotta put the shades on so that we can't see that your eyes are not red and there's no tears coming out you know yeah. um, so you have Heather I agree Heather's uh, reaction um, genuine I thought that Whitney like whether we liked her reaction or not it was genuine Whitney, Whitney was like Whitney was that friend who was like oh snap y'all look at the <laughs> I just found it on the internet <laughs> she was just smiling too much she was smiling too much um, yeah I it was it, yeah I don't really know what to where to go with that other than to say I definitely don't think that it was you know that that means that she's the snitch I just think that you know she was uh, whether we like it or not some people like are like relishing in the moment I don't know if I would say she was she certainly wasn't literally bathing and basking in it like Meredith was but yeah she wasn't bothered and she wasn't bothered and, and and maybe it was like and and maybe I'm just seeing her she was low-key jealous yeah I I just I don't know if I, I don't know if I would necessarily say that she was jealous, but I definitely think that if there was for if her to clock like that, for her to clock all, all just, of her movements feel, and be tallying it up, she I felt feel some like kind they of were, way about I it. I feel like they were all clocking. I mean, hell, you got Heather looking at Heather got more money than all of them, even though she doesn't show it. But you got her checking whether where she gets, you know. Uh, where she is in her ride home, I really, I honestly feel like, especially in light of the Louis Vuitton thing or whatever, I honestly feel like everybody's clocking. Lisa, I mean, um, what's her name? Whitney. And remember, she's she's younger than them or whatever. Whitney's like, what, 31, 32? 
it may be like 32 because the initially is 31 and they filmed in like 2019. I think she was just, she got hyped and just started going and remember this and remember that and remember this and remember that. I, I think that she's just that girl that got hyped and then just got diarrhea of the mouth. I, I, I and- really... I, I, because I just feel like based on the the way they started talking, once they all got around that table, all of them had been clocking. And the way that the other Jennifer, Jen, or whatever. I thought hers, her reaction was genuine and I loved her reaction the most. I don't know her like that. And I'm just not getting all wrapped up in it. And remember, it's not like she was callous because some people were like, she was callous. I didn't think she was callous because remember what she said. She actually was quite pragmatic initially because we have to look at it in terms of that day and what they knew at that time. She, what she said was, of course, then later it became 10 articles. But at that in that initial moment, she said, you've got one article. You don't have all the facts or information. We don't know anything from her and she's innocent until proven guilty. And then you combine that with the fact that she's not emotionally invested because she don't really know Jen from a can of paint. Well, she they sure did pipe up. Look, she sure did pop up, pipe up about how nail salons are money laundering opportunities. I thought yeah. that was funny. I almost fell out. Uh, uh, now, like, you know what? I love, I thought that that was fabulous. And I was like, you know what, way to go. I thought that that was kind of cool because I felt like it was certainly she was, you know, she was contributing to a legit conversation. And two, I thought that it was even funnier because given her culture, that she would be that reference to talk yes. about I just thought that was hilarious. It was like, okay, okay, hilarious. But again, a, a, less a, such a genuine moment. Like she's not even <laughs> thinking about the fact that she is saying this to the whitest white people she could ever I know. possibly find. Like she's <sighs> dealing with people who are like abominable snowman white. And says that nail salons are money laundering I'm like, okay. See, stuff like that. I actually live for moments like that. That was, exactly. And that's why she is another one that falls into genuine reaction. It was pragmatic. It was real. It was in keeping with where she is in terms of who she knows. Yet not totally callous because she also brought the innocent until proven guilty perspective as well. Um, So that was cool. Another genuine reaction. And and I mean, crazy people most of the time have no reason not to be genuine because they ain't rap too tight is Mary because Mary said, look, I didn't even really know what was going on until I got here. Cause remember Mary flew. Yeah. So she's like, I got here. And it sounds like she got it like a mix of information from Robert. God only knows what he told her. Um, (laughs) A mix of information from Robert and then like whatever else. I, I, I find it hard to believe that Mary can effectively search on the internet because if you see her tweets, she can't really effectively type in. Yeah. She's English sentences. 
So she got a, a whiff of information from, and you could also tell with her reaction to Meredith, like she wasn't like, no, as in overreacting. She was like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, yeah. she also understandably now, again, genuine reaction because you, when you say things like this, it can't be anything but genuine. This to me, rap, it ranks right up there with Mama D saying, B, I see TH in that order. <laughs> when Meredith said, when Mary Crosby, Cosby said, I can't believe when, no, she said, when someone comes in, you greet them uh, with your clothes on. I mean, that's just pop proper etiquette. I mean, okay, so why did Homegirl think like I'm expecting people? Oh no, that was disgusting, and I'm actually with Mary on that. I'm just remarking about the fact that she's telling people what proper etiquette is, and she can't even say it. Yeah, and on I, the top whole of thing that, is a hot mess. The whole and thing on is top a hot of mess. that. Nobody should, and I think that it was even funnier because I was like, she's right despite her pronunciation, but also nobody should have to tell anybody but a privileged person, not going to keep pointing out what she is. It takes a hell of a lot of privilege to think that not only do people want to uh, be greeted by you in a bath, in a tub, not a hot tub, not where you are wearing a swimsuit or even nude. Cause I know some people hot tub nude, but we, but it's, it's understood that it's a hot tub. So whether you're nude or in a swimsuit, right? We both yeah, agree a hot tub a... is a different, no, I'm saying right. we both agree a hot tub situation is different. Like, come on out, yeah. on your swimsuit. but you are in a bathtub and let's add to the privilege. Let's not forget it's a bathtub in another heifer's room. You tell her that this is her room and you get in the tub into soap. Now let's call a spade a spade. Do you really think that this privileged heifer who has sat around turning into into a prune to prove a point that she's so unbothered you know waiting for people to show up so that she could you know have her moment because now of course everybody's like that's so iconic so no it wasn't it was ridiculous so of course we know this yeah so now we know this is about well we know that people who watch these shows have a real skewed view of what's iconic and sometimes it bites you in the butt because Bravo spent all this past season as a side note trying to make Kathy Hilton happen just because she shows up to act you know rich and and not even terribly interesting I mean Whitney's mother on Southern Charm is far more interesting in her richness because you know she like luxuriates in the foolishness and is messy. Kathy Hilton just shows up and is being rich and they made such a big deal out of that that now she showed up and was like, I'm not filming unless you give me more money. She's just a friend of the show. So this is what happens when you try to make these privileged folks even bigger than they are. Now she's iconic because you're nasty behind and sitting in somebody else's tub that we know you are not going to bend over and clean when you get out of it and then tell them that that's their room. I, this is her second that is time, disgusting. Third, 
This is her third time on the show in a bathtub. Like, I don't really understand why she keeps on filming. See, maybe I'm blocking it because I don't even remember the last two times. Yeah, um, like she was at home in a bathtub. Her husband was talking. Oh, to her yeah, 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 yeah. See, and I blocked there was another with him time because her husband skeeves me out. Yeah, like it's just weird. That's a whole it's weird. weird. And vibe. then, like, how long were you? Like, we know that for filming purposes, she was in and out of the tub because there what they had there were continuity issues too. Like the the whole time that she's there talking to Mary, the bubbles are dissipating. That's why she leaned to the side. Then she's got more bubbles by the time the other ladies get there. So whatever. But again, Mary genuine, another genuine reaction to Mary's and I'm mad at her is when she jumped on the bed and she was like hard as bed. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, I'm mad at her. You bring me to this house, but this is something and maybe it's just me because you know how we do pick up on these little things. Remember, and this has nothing to do with Jen. Remember when Lisa first told the ladies was it lisa or heather maybe it was heather yeah heather either lisa or heather but remember when they first told the ladies i think it was lisa that meredith was pe- planning this trip meredith has this fabulous house yes yeah that we're going yes. to and then the first thing we see when it comes is that it's basically pretty much a commercial for a rental company, which means that not only is it a, is it a rental, but now based on the fact that we pretty much got a full blown commercial complete with the representative, the name of the place and a tagline about how they take care of their customers and whatever, that it was also free. Right, right. Because as we know on these shows, the restaurants, hotels, and everywhere else do not get this kind of showing unless it's free. So, yeah. so, so I, I just wanted to point that out because I was like, because even when she said it, I was like, I mean, the place that, even though it may not be my particular taste. The place that she and Seth have, which, you know, is that a rental? Because, again, we know it's different from where they were last year. Last first season, I believe. Um, I'm like, I didn't get the impression that Meredith and Seth are rolling to the level that she would have this, as Lisa would say, this fabulous house in Vail. Because if that's the case then why would he have to be working and practically living in where like Cleveland or Chicago or whatever to the point where it's like destroying your marriage? Um, That doesn't really jive with folks that are so rich that they have this house and mail. I just like saying that. (laughs) So so anyway, it's, it's just, yeah. So anyway, side note. Okay. So, Mary, okay, I hate to bring this up, but I just have to because I even zoomed in with my phone because I was like, is it my eyes? I put my glasses on. What was up with her face? And like, it was either like five o'clock shadow or freezer burn. I don't know what was going on. I mean, the wig was as bad as it's ever been. And even at dinner where she tried to adjust it. But when she got there, I'm like, 
So uh, the only thing I could figure is like maybe she because she flew in, she didn't do makeup and probably was wearing a mask, which she would have had to wear on a flight. But if I knew I was being filmed at the very at the very least, we know her wig is always jacked up. But I mean, girl, beat your face. And production certainly would have allowed her to do that. So I I think I think I I think Mary traffics in. And I mean, I use some of these like glycolic acids or whatever, but I think she's on overdrive with it to the point where there's no like- question that she is. Because remember, like you can clearly see based on old pictures, not to mention the things that um, the people who have been diming her out have said, you can clearly see that there has been all kinds of chemical peels and not yes. the kind that you get just uh, to correct your skin, but full on skin lightening and everything, not to mention yeah. the various and that's what surgeries I was and whatever, because she is a full on different person, not only in her looks, but her complexion. Um, and that's what I was chalking it up to. That's basically. Yes. Um, but okay. Then beat think. your face before you go on camera, because unfortunately, if you have skin issues of any kind, let alone that you have deconstructed your skin so much that the only way that you're going to ever look even or, or whatever again is that was where you wear makeup, which unfortunately we know is a, a lot uh, is the case also for a lot of very, very fair skinned people. Um, uh, you know, not even like Mary, but I'm talking about like, uh, you know, white women, you know, very scared, even very fair skinned black people. Um, uh, HD is not your friend. My no, God, I remember not. when, I remember when my husband got in, uh, you know, when HD first started become blowing up and everybody was getting they they're getting their Vizio TVs and whatever. And the first time I saw Desperate Housewives in, because that was my show. The first time I saw Desperate Housewives in HD, I was like, make it stop, put it on regular, put it put it put it back on whatever non HD is called old people whatever because it is horrifying <laughs> well i'm not gonna lie all these women in Utah, oh they're all hard looking bad they're all of their skin and it's like heather is the worst like you heather, own the place uh, yes. why does your skin look like that well and again i think heather especially when you look at how she used to look versus now also, when you just look at just the obvious work because of the type of work she's had done, again, I think sometimes these women don't just have work done like structurally. They'll get all kinds of skin stuff done while they're at it. And then if you are not um, having your makeup professionally done to, uh, to deal with those imperfections, it's not good. I mean, and because we've seen some of these women whose skin, uh, whose skin is not perfect and, um, you know, but they, they get their faces professionally beat and you would never know. Um, and I just think that you can't, if you are not somebody who is really, really good at it and you have really bad skin and you combine that with age and all that other stuff, 
um, and then you're on television and we're looking at you in HD, it's a recipe for disaster. That's why those folks pay for pay to have glam squads come in. Like people who, you know, are not like ultra rich, but even those women on Atlanta, because, you know, makeup artists and stuff in some of these places, Atlanta, L.A., those places are a dime a dozen. And just the mere, you know, you can get somebody to beat you every to beat your face every time you know that you have to because they got call sheets every time you know that you have to show up for filming because these people will do it. Like for maybe, you know, you could get makeup done for like 70 bucks. Right. Especially right. in because they are happy. And I mean, they will do the bomb job on your face because guess what? You're going to put it on Instagram and say, who did your face? But can't Heather just get a peel or whatever they're doing? Or can't, there I mean, don't they do makeup at her place? Like once I go and get a treatment, aren't y'all going to put some cute makeup on me? So when I leave, I don't look like a monster. Like what the hell? I'm not saying Heather looks like a monster. I'm just saying if I went there, like hook a sister up, you know? Like, yeah. Like, I don't yeah. Believe, you like, ah. Okay. So, all right. We Both her the- and Whitney are struggling. Whitney's skin is pretty bad too. Yeah. They no close ups for them. Um. So I did like Whitney in red lipstick. I I liked that. I think it was in her confessional. Maybe I I liked her in that lipstick. So anywho, we we get to. So of course they're all showing up. Blah blah blah. Nothing big there because we know there's gonna be a point where everybody's gonna come together, and that's exactly what happened. And um, that layout was cute, by the way. The the food and stuff. You know, I was like, just give me the cheese. But yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. A little bit too much tartar for me. I I I I can't do uh like too much raw meat. I get the sushi thing. It's not my thing, but I get it. Um, my daughter loves it, and I'll eat certain things. But um, but actual like beef, yeah, no. I you know I'll I'll do a medium, <laughs> but my meat can't be it can't be mooing at me. Um, so anyway, like I'm eating something and it's licking me back. No. So, but the cheese spread and all that, I was like dying looking at like I want some and those lamb chops. And Heather, of course, because she's a foodie like us, you know, that's what she posted on her social media. (laughs) She said, yeah, she posted at last just what I wanted. And it was a picture of the lamb chop. (laughs) Because I will tell you, they always go out to eat and nobody gets anything that I would be interested in eating. But that's Heather. And Heather makes sure that she orders because every time they go to a restaurant, Heather is like, well, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to order. (laughs) And remember when the when uh, I'll never forget just a quick aside. Remember the, the, the prohibition party where Jen came and the whole thing and that that whole thing went down. I think that was the night when. Yeah, that was the night when I think that was the night didn't she, when she called Mary a grandpa effer, and oh yeah, um, and Mary and so of course Heather raced out after, but she stopped at the table. She's like, make sure you tell them that chicken's mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Don't let them did. take away my chicken. I was like, that is a woman after my own heart. Like we can film this and everybody could look cute or whatever. Heather's probably like. You can look at me until I eat. So it is no point in perpetrating about what's going to go down right here. Right, right, (laughs) right. So I'm not Whitney. I'm not Lisa. I'm not Mary. I'm going to eat and ain't no point in faking the fuck. Um, 
So, so is Meredith is so is Meredith wrong or is she just keeping it real? About what? About like just how she was gloating that this happened. Okay. I was just really I mean, okay. I get it, girl. You don't like her, right? So but this like, is my thing. This is serious. Well, I think okay, uh, great, great points on what's wrong or keeping it real. We know she was keeping it real, so that's not even. I mean, she said what she had to say, <laughs> and that's what she had to say. And whether it was when she was in the tub with Mary, when she was like, "Yeah," and you know, "Yeah, I heard," and you know, um, you know, although to a certain degree, whether whether Meredith is happy or sad since her face doesn't move, would we really know? I mean, I yeah, guess we, we know when she raises her voice, but we certainly wouldn't know the look at her. Same with Lisa. So, because I think they went and got their faces stunned in submission by the same person. So, um, because Heather, because literally Lisa looks like, which is why season one, I couldn't tell them apart until just the, except that Heather, Mary's, Meredith's voice is more whiny and uh lisa's voice is more affectatious because we know that she doesn't really talk like that that's her version of what she thinks and um a fancy person is supposed to sound like it's kind of like if we you know like oh i went to harvard or whatever so that is and and that's what lisa's doing like i really don't think Like, girl, if you talk like that on a regular basis, like, it, it, I mean, did you smoke for 30 years? Like, stop. So, <laughs> I mean, she's like, who are you? Uh, Elizabeth, what's her name from Theranos? Like, stop it. So, <laughs> anyway, um, I so keeping it real, yes. Like, she didn't fake the funk. Like, F her. This, um, you know, I've always thought that there was something a little not right. So, and, and and mind you, not keeping it real all the time, just keeping it real in that moment. Because as we know, like until they fell out, she was fine with uh, Jen skinning and grinning up in her face and hanging out at her house and being her girl. Now, again, Jen, like the other women, have that complex with, when it comes to Meredith where they she uh looks up to her well did because they hold her up on this certain level so her friendship with jen also could have been more so the fact that you know you enjoy having people around you who uh think that you're great and are willing to give you parties even though they're for themselves but (laughs) you know but still technically on paper it was your birthday party um (laughs) <laughs> you know, even if there were Tongan dancers, it was technically, it, 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 she told you it was your party. Let's go with that. So anyway. <laughs> um, and maybe her her name was on the cake. So your name was on the cake. So, hey, and, and honestly, you know, hey, she didn't have to do that. And you know what? Right. I don't mind if there's Tongan dancers at my birthday party that you gave me, even though I'm not Tongan, because hell, at least it's something that people remember about the party. So yeah, anyway. that's true. <laughs> but anywho um the now uh justified or or all of that uh i think that that just boils down to us knowing the real of why meredith was truly so put 
out by, um, hey, Lil J, I think that now we know the truth about why Meredith, not so much was, was, was not so much the anger, but just why she's so over it with her. You know what I mean? Because she was, yes, she, as we've debated and said, we weren't going to talk about anymore, which we're not. Yes, she had, she was upset about the Brooke Marks thing, but there was, it. there always seemed to be like, okay, fine, but I'm still like not effing with you. And now we get it. Like there was the Brooks thing. You apologize, but it's the disrespect because remember the theft thing um, is not just, although she may not have explained it that way, I feel like, and I, I could be overstepping, but I think I'm right. I think that it was also, not only did you steal from me, but it's a disrespect thing. Because remember, I think we like, this is one of those things where the end is so outrageous. We forget some of the small details at the beginning. Like the fact that they stole from her is outrageous. But there's some little details at the beginning that point to the the disrespect. You showed up at my store and insisted on getting in when it was closed. I, I have my staff let you in as a courtesy. Now, typically when people do things like that, probably going to spend a lot of money. You know, that's what folks of a certain right. level do. Turns out, remember when she said they were like, well, what did she get? She's like, she spent a couple hundred dollars. So you had me go through all that for you to spend a couple hundred dollars, which if it's only a couple hundred dollars, you could have did that shit the next day. You didn't come in here and buy up the joint and and, and make it rain. You you just right. want basically she wanted to show off and show her friends that her she could friends. get this store open at get this store open that was closed because if you're only spending a couple hundred dollars, it ain't worth it unless you're telling me that it was Sharif or one of the kids' birthdays you forgot and you really want to get them something special. And that's why you came in, which is a switch. If that was the case, since this is your sort of friend, you would have told her that. So that wasn't the case because that's not what you told her. You just want to get in the store. So you get in the store, you don't really spend anything. Then your people steal from me. So it's not just about the theft. It This is yet another way of on top of this Brooks thing. This is yet another layer of you disrespecting me. And now you're disrespecting my business. Right. So that is uh, where part of that anger is coming from. And now you've disrespected my family. You've disrespected my business. So she hates her. Right. <laughs> she's just too, you know, polite because she's Meredith, or I'm sorry, Meredith, to say it. Right. So right. reaction, keeping it real, was it justified given everything we know? She hates that heifer. Did she set her up? No, because again, we know that she's the type that would not want to be involved in this. And again, nobody had to set Jen up for this situation. It was a fall that was imminent. As we discussed earlier, the SWAT team and all of that indicate that there's something else going on that led them to believe they had to roll like that. I still do not, I still maintain 
that it was not a member of the immediate cast. If it if there's any member of the immediate cast that it potentially that if we had to point to, the obvious culprit is the messiest heifer on the cast, which would be Lisa. But the reason why I would say that it wasn't Lisa, unless you know something else comes out that blows our mind. But again, since this happened in March and we know what's been going on in real time, we would know by now. I would say that the person most likely, if it was someone in a cast, would be Lisa. But the reason why it wouldn't be Lisa is because I think the reason why Lisa is so scared is because I think that Lisa has done business with her and is concerned that whatever business that she's done with her could have been wrapped up in one of the shady businesses. I wouldn't be surprised. Because remember, Lisa is the chick who... Is remember she was trying to be a billionaire. She's always talking about her and her husband's got this business and that business and this business and that business. So Lisa to me would be somebody who would be ripe for investing or uh, uh, you know or trying to not even. And, and remember, Lisa is a user, so it's not even just uh, the investing piece. It would it, Lisa would be the type who would want to kind of sidle up with her for the possibility Mm -hmm. of making connections with whomever she thinks Jen is connected with because Heather said something key at the reunion that a user like Lisa would cling on to. Remember Heather said, I don't know exactly what she does, but I know that the events that I went with her went to with her was like a room full of movers and shakers. Like she definitely is like with big time legit people for somebody like Lisa, her ears would perk up immediately and notice Mm -hmm. who all of a sudden became Jen's best friend. Yeah. Yeah. So it would, so I think, and, and I, and that would also make sense why she had, and I'm not saying that, Uh, there's anything wrong with calling your lawyers. That's why, like, if we look at Beverly Hills, I think what Sutton did was absolutely on the money. I'm calling my lawyers to get number one so they can explain to me what's... It's absolutely. And remember, unlike the rest of them, you know, other than like, you know, Kathy um, and the Minkoff girl, not Minkoff, um, the, you know, the new woman, what's her name? I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she definitely has money, but, you know, her husband has the money. Like, she was, you know, his barely out of teen bride. And um, the, uh, but Sutton is legit, real deal money. And so absolutely somebody who is legit, real money journey. That's what they do. That's how they keep their money. That's what I would do. And I'm not saying that Lisa calling her attorneys is out of line because under the circumstances, I would have absolutely called um, an attorney as well um, because you do work closely and you do have to be concerned as Sutton was, as they should be. You do need to be concerned about whether or not there's the possibility 
of being questioned. And you saw like with Mary asking Robert questions. Now we, you know, have a pretty good beat on the fact that Mary and Robert, you know, shady, but the bottom line is you were talking with somebody to kind of break down this situation. And I'm sure the part of the conversation that we did not see that everybody had with their significant other and or attorney was, okay, what does this look like for me? I work with her. I have gone the case of Heather on events with her. Jonda? People who have seen me basically vouch for her on international television saying that I've gone to So, like, are they going to come and ask me questions? You know, so because we're on a show together that not only do we film scenes together, but it is under the pretense that we're actually real friends. Right. Right. So and, that and they're they're inviting each other to things and paying for each other and giving absolutely. each other little gifts that, absolutely. you know. I yeah I would be because if Mary's church folks too. started rolling up again, then it's like okay now now what's this I saw about you giving folks a uh, Louis Vuitton earbud earbuds or whatever? Yeah, like that's an like entire a little cast weird. that you don't know, don't like, and the few that you do know, you don't respect. I mean, yeah. you gave bunch of Louis Vuitton earbuds at, at this point maybe they were probably fake um, because remember uh, episode 9 the last episode she gave them <laughs> regular aprons <laughs> Louis Vuitton I mean bag. those are the aprons that you pass out at a kids party when they're going to paint the or funny, something and the thing that was funny about it is that when she was asked about it she had the nerve to be incredulous like I wouldn't give these women Louis Vuitton aprons. And it's like, well, you gave them Louis Vuitton airbuds and granted it. And, and like how much. And the, and the aprons came in a Louis Vuitton bag. Like, can yes, we just but in, that? In, in terms of cost, I can't imagine that if Louis Vuitton airbuds actually exist um, and Louis Vuitton aprons, that cost wise, they probably would be about the same. Right. Like, are you are you kidding me right now? So, but but all of a sudden, why would I buy these heifers this? Well, why would you buy those heifers that? And why would you put like a? <laughs> and why would you put them in in a? As if the you Louis Vuitton bag. The money that you spent on somebody on well, I guess those were probably a bunch of Louis Vuitton shopping bags that she had, but you could have gotten beautiful, elaborate, uh, you know, gift bags that even went with whatever your motif was supposed to be. But you deliberately went with those bags because you're the label queen, but you didn't anticipate that anybody would actually take the apron out and call attention to the fact that they were not Louis Vuitton. Also, I she mean, knew, but you know what? She also knew that because they want to show off their outfits, that nobody was likely to put the apron on. 
So she wouldn't. So she was probably hoping that they wouldn't even know that they were aprons from Michael's until they got home. It was also sort of like weird to me with the hats. I mean, she did have this stuff embroidered. Okay. And yes, that was cute. But but again, the Louis Vuitton bags. Um, but then look at her whole house in her closet. Now, speaking of Louis Vuitton. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And the invitations were oh. really like trash. I was kind of like, if I got an invitation like that, I wouldn't go to the party. And telling people how to dress and then trying to play Whitney with the whole telling her to dress like a hooker. And then she, I'm glad that she, like she said, she came straight from carpool. You get what you get. Right. Because right. she would have like, and what does that even mean? The dress like, it's Mary. Why did we even try? But back to, I wanted to get into this Louis Vuitton thing. It's so funny. Louis Vuitton is like, you know, came up two episodes in a row and not even because someone was wearing it. Um, This whole thing about <laughs> Jen being flagged um, yeah, at the Louis Vuitton cool. store for always playing in cash. And of but course, like, people- but you know, okay. So let's let's just be clear. Any transactions over $10, over ten thousand dollars, but remember, a lot of people don't know that, and that's what I wanted to talk about. Well, cash in particular, as we know, it's because of you know that whole thing was developed with Rico and white collar crime and whatever. Yeah, because yeah, that yeah. is because even banks have to report and it's tricky because on the one hand if you make a deposit that is over ten thousand dollars the bank has to make note of it but on the flip side if you make deposits that are of of, you know cash slightly less than ten thousand dollars and moreover if you do it like multiple times in a row they're going to flag it anyway because it's going to appear that you're doing what's called smurfing which is you know, trying to hide the fact that you're still making these large cash deposits. And everybody who's listening, the bottom line is it's all geared towards trying to to um, ferret out criminal activity. And because when you make a law, it, it will take forever to just be like, accept this, accept that, accept this, accept that. Although we know the law does that as well. That one is just kind of blanket, more or less, you know, and so in it, 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 it stores, not as much as like an actual bank, obviously, but that is why that is in place, because that is um, merits, ferrets out criminal activity, let's say, um, depositing uh, um cash like for drugs or whatever but also if you're purchasing things of course it's a way of laundering the money because you are then converting that um ill-gotten cash to something else and then of course you can take that something else and sell it a different way and so the story goes around and around in in the ill-gotten gain circle right right so, um, but it's really interesting because it's kind of stupid, right? And it speaks to why some people get caught with their at their schemes a lot faster than others. Because a lot of the stuff that, that went on 
with Jen and these uh, transactions. If now, now we're talking about the case. When you look at the alleged charges or, or the charges and the allegations against her, so put alleged in the wrong place, um, it, a lot of this would have been done by wire. It's, um, and quick and dirty on this, she and Stewart generating and uh, coming up with the list then which is what it is that they alleged allegedly did on the on the telemarketing and I'll get to the laundering in a second um being the individuals who generated created the list then provided the list to the sales floors and and of course probably received some financial remuneration for that provided them to the sales floors which were in New York and New Jersey and then of course the managers of the sales floors directed their people who were probably largely just regular folks who take jobs at doing telemarketing I mean I've worked telemarketing before um, I've done the ones with surveys I even was one of those annoying people and uh, I did in law school selling the time life stuff um, just a horrible <laughs> job Oh my God, it is the worst, especially because, you know, they call the same people over and over to resell them stuff. And the worst would be when I get widows or widowers who would be like, they're dead. Stop calling here. They're not alive anymore. Stop calling here trying to sell them stuff. Oh, wow. It, it, was, it was horrible. Um, but anyway, so those people would call and then, you know, sell this fake business opportunity. And then, um, and, and part of it was like what Whitney said, of course, it's a subscription because it's like this website that's supposed to be this business, but even more in, it go, went even deeper than what Whitney said. So of course you've got the subscription to the initial piece, because of course it's like, in order to keep it going, you've got to pay every month. Right. But it was even worse than that because the part of the other layer of them choosing people in vulnerable populations is because it was easy to then call them back and be like, well, in order to make that work right and for you to really understand how to make this business work for you, you you really need to take this course or you really need to buy this component or you really need to buy that. So it wasn't just the subscriptions. It was also additional things that you would sell. And because you sold them something that they didn't quite understand in the first place, then of course, getting them to buy other stuff that was supposed to help them to run it better and you know make it function, then they're going to fall for that too. So it, it it was it was really bad. But the bottom line is, everything that Jen and Stuart their pieces in this, you know, initially selling the list, and then of course, I'm sure they probably got money on the back end if individuals on their list actually turned into a sale, because obviously you wouldn't make a whole lot of money if you just sold the list, right? So now you're going to get some money on the back end if a name on the list turned into a sale. The money coming back to you would also be yet another electronic, because it's not like any of this is being done in cash. So then what are right. you doing? You're like, going to the bank and just withdrawing large amounts of cash and going to the Louis Vuitton store? Like, what the hell? <laughs> it's 
I don't know. I don't know what Jen Shaw does. I mean, she was None of us hundreds know. around on the party bus, the $100 bills on the, it, it, on exactly. the party bus. So, yeah. So, and, and I get what you're saying about Whitney clocking. I just think they're all clocking, but Whitney is just that chick who was like, okay, well, let's, because, you know, you and I have done it. Okay, well, let's just break this down. Okay, remember that day she did this and that and this and that and that? <laughs> I mean, but see, I would have to call Whitney out like, girl, you were really holding on to this stuff, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. hell, gotta, yeah, well, look at Meredith, because I would have been looking at Meredith like, now, Heffa, you had us all hyped with you about the Brooks thing, and here this Heffa was stealing from you. Now, since, you know, everybody is on their conspiracy theory, so of course we got to toss ours in, too. Now, if you want to be like Lisa, who was mad shady since let Meredith is supposed to be your best friends to the end, and it seems like every chance she gets, she's trying to toss her to the wolves. Like, I think Meredith knows something. You know, <laughs> um, so my thing is, if um, if Meredith <laughs> did, let's say Meredith did have some ish with her with, you know, talking to the feds. And again, we know the case was already going to happen. So her talking to the feds would really just be adding on to what they already know. Well, I mean, technically, given that old girl had been involved with some folks that stole from her store, you know. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, and I talked about this earlier when I appeared on um, another show earlier, I, I actually was on um, the Tisa uh, Tell show earlier on YouTube. Um, and I, what I said to her regarding that, and so, I mean, even though it's fun to engage in conspiracy theories, I think ultimately it, there would, it, that still doesn't really hold water because while she can be angry with Jen about the fact that she's rolling with shady mofos that stole from her and, you know, after I open my store for you and this person still works for you, technically Jen didn't steal anything from her. Jen just, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Technically, I was like, what happened? No, that was the boo sound effect. Like my screen went dark. So I had hit the arrow to, you know, cause it, it, it hit timed out. But when I yeah. hit the arrow to bring my screen back up, it just happened to be hovering over my boo sound effect. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So I think that, um, technically Jen didn't steal from her. Jen just Jen is just profoundly disrespectful to her, but she didn't. And I'm only talking about for the purposes of her sharing that story with the feds. It wasn't Jen. Yeah. It just shows that birds of a feather. Now it shows that birds of a feather flock together. Like yeah. apparently you are a thief and the mofos you roll with are thieves too. But it, that's not really about Jen other than the fact that Jen was an asshole for getting her to open her store for a couple hundred and bucks then and who somebody is who the, stole from her. Who is the person they think she got out of the Uber? 
to now isn't that interesting i don't know but and but then the thing is that lisa we know that she always that because we got to remember lisa definitely came into season two with a mission and that mission was to be the center of attention so that she could secure her job because lisa last season yeah she had like that one little moment following Jen's party and but you know Lisa was boring and I think that if Lisa this season yeah she was kind of shady but other than a little bit of skirmish in the beginning with um Heather and Whitney if Lisa had pretty much had the same season this season that she had last season and they had to choose between her and Meredith in terms of which of the look-alike dark-haired chicks to take into season three, obviously they would choose Meredith because Meredith gives the whole like grand dame matriarch energy for the sh that, that every show needs. So if they mm -hmm. have to choose between the two, Lisa falls by default, not necessarily because Meredith is more interesting, but because Meredith uh, is part of um the model of what they need to have when they build their housewives cast okay so um so i think she came in with definitely because we see like i mean did we always know she was shady like from what we saw last season absolutely but this season she has been buck out blatant and so i say all that to say that her whole reaction with asking all those pointed questions, is it really because she knows something or was it because once again, she wanted to make a moment about her? Right, and so right. she can like mm -hmm. add all of this so-called suspicion and intrigue and really there be nothing to it. I just, um, I just don't know if I buy anything when it when it comes to when it comes to her. But everybody, I know we had so much and I'm just going to wrap this up real quick. Um, some of you have heard this before, but it's always a good reminder. What is Jen facing? Well, up to 50 years is what Jen is facing. Um, is she going to do that? No. But when you're facing that much time and your co-defendants are consistently going to jail, um, a conviction for her is go it uh is going to involve jail time it just doesn't make any sense for it not to especially given how they have charged her um in terms of this next part i'm going to explain with the liability um that they feel each of them have i'm going to move quick because i know that um my feed is going to cut us off and also because these um these agents the courts all they watch these shows so the fact that she's still on here flaunting and living this lifestyle and all of that is a um, missy watcher movement um is going to is something that they notice so it it is um and that kind of stuff pisses people off in fact even when you read the original statement that the Department of Justice did when they 
um, you know, announced her indictment, they specifically, not only did they specifically mention the show, but they went so far as to say Shaw and Smith flaunted their lavish lifestyle to the public as a symbol of their success. In reality, they allegedly built their opulent lifestyle at the expense of the vulnerable, often elderly working class people. So that tells you how they are already looking at her, at particularly as it relates to what she um, represents on this show. And she's continuing to do it even while these charges are pending and all of that, that only just makes it harder on for her and for her counsel if and when they get closer to trial, which of course now they're making these folks prepare for trial and then want to talk and they're like, oh, you want to talk to me now? Especially when we already have mm -hmm. everything we need to convict her. Right. The right. time to talk to me was a year ago before she went on this show, not only continuing to do the same thing, but acting like she's not even taking it seriously, like the BS with, you know, oh, my God, what was me? Her behavior on Twitter with the free Jen Shaw. And the only thing I'm guilty of is being Shaw amazing. Like, you know, <sighs> even an innocent person, there's just stuff you don't do. So quick and dirty. There are tears um, because there are multiple co-defendants. The way that um, the Department of, Department of Justice has done this, you know, I guess is a help to the court and, and the trier, the trier fact, whether it's judge or jury, is to break the roles down or each person's, let's say, culpability in terms of tears. So there's the, there's tears one through four. But then there's a special tier A, which is actually higher than tier one. So those are the people who would be considered like the masterminds, like, you know, the, the OGs, the big kahunas, if you will. Well, Jen and Stewart, along with uh, Carl Morris, Cameron Brewster, Kevin Handren, and Ryan Holt. So that's one, two, three, four other people. So there's six people that are in tier A. Carl Morris has already pled guilty and been sentenced to, well, I'm not sure if he pled or was found guilty, but the bottom line is he's already been sentenced to 78 months. Ryan Holt. A long time. Yes. Ryan Holt has been sentenced to 60 months. Now, this is where it gets really interesting, and this is why it's really scary in terms of what she could possibly be facing. There are two individuals who are in tier one. Now, mind you, that's a tier down from Jen. One of them was sentenced to 87 months, and another one was sentenced to 78 months. So two of them were sentenced even higher than people in her tier. Then when you go to tier two, you have at least one of them sentenced to 72 months. And tier three, there's one person sentenced to 72 months, another person sentenced to 66 months, and then, you know, so on and so forth. So it's not cute. And one of the things that I think is scariest or should be scariest for anybody in this situation, particularly Jen, is even if the court suspends most of the time, which of course they will, 
um, because her guidelines are going to come out, you know, but so high because she's never been convicted of anything um, as it relates to the money, money, money laundering and telemarketing. What really hurts um, someone like her uh, is in her, what hurts her in this situation and anybody charged like her is there is a, a special enhance, enhancement that is just for people who the the majority of their victims over 50 percent of their victims are in vulnerable populations which includes individuals over 55. that carries five to ten years so that is in a lot of instances is where you really get hurt because no matter what the judge decides to sentence you on the actual substantive charges, that enhancement is what pisses everybody off. So that's where they get you. Missy, right, your thoughts? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I I think she's gonna do real time. We're talking mm-hmm. larger numbers for the I'm thinking um, five to seven at least. Maybe yeah. I, I'm thinking five to seven, but you know, if this goes to trial and she's found guilty at trial, then I think she may even be looking at seven to 10, because if you go to trial, you're found guilty at trial. That also means that they heard a hell of a lot more than what, you know, the judge anyway, the the judge has heard a hell of a lot more than what they would have gotten at a simple allocution if you had just pled guilty. But then again, maybe she's because I mean, maybe she sees the writing on the wall and knows it's going to be what it's going to be and wants to stretch it out. Yeah. So she's going to go down, messy the waters, try to do whatever to drive. And people do that all the time. And you and I both know on on the federal level, especially um, and this being white collar crime, there are certainly ways to make the wheels turn very, very Very slowly. I mean, even because even when you look at the fact that there are individuals who were indicted as far back as 2017 and some of them are not even among these individuals who have been sentenced. And uh, the same with some of the people who were charged in 2019. Um, and those people actually made deals. So, I, but see, at the end of the dragging day, dragging out for trial and then continuing trial dates can buy you time. Now, at the end of the day, you're still going to jail, but you're buying time. I mean, hell, she does this right. She could almost get to her son's high school graduation, but also then spend his entire day, college in jail. <laughs> At the end of the day, I refuse to believe that she is the mastermind of this whole thing. Well, no, she's she's not. No, she's not. Yeah, she's not. She's definitely not the mastermind. And I don't think that this necessarily speaks to her being the mastermind. I was just using that like example just to demonstrate like yeah. sort of the the pyramid of culpability i think that the reason why she is put in this tier is because the government has decided that at least there that certain roles are worse than others and if there's the, if there's someone she can tell on oh of course then you know we'll find out by her sentence but you and I both know that the first one to to talk gets the best deal. And if the folks that she could have told on are already, the government already has their hooks into them, um, unless 
they are doing what she's doing in terms of of fighting going to trial, then there may be at least the possibility. Sweet Brandon, I have not, but I will certainly look it up. Um, it, Missy, just it, so you know, and we, we've got to go, but I am definitely writing this down, Brandon. Uh, someone in the chat, um, the Sweet Brandon, asked about um, the Dave Portnoy story and curious about our thoughts. So I, I love seeing what people want to talk about. So I promise I will definitely look it up to get an idea of of this and um you know i'll report back but uh so anyway because i know this is uh this is about to uh cut off thank you so much this uh, we knew we were going to go long on this one that's yeah. why i didn't bother with bravo gossip but thank you so much for hanging in there for those few who are um, who are listening? I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We certainly will continue to follow this, not only as it relates to our reporting on the show, but certainly by next spring when things heat up again. You all already know we'll be back. Yeah, to- for real. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because then we we could get into the real deal. Okay, so. Other than that, I'm going to, Missy, I'm going to let you go and I'll do my goodbye to everybody. Everybody cheer for Missy. Bye, Missy. Bye, everyone. <laughs> everyone else, uh, who, uh, thank you again for hanging in on Let's Be Honest with Just Jonda. And as I always say to you all, if you are thinking about it, linking about it, clicking about it, and you want to talk about it, chances are I do too. So let's be honest together.